برخین ایزکیل بی بروفتی سر به خدمت و چوبینی من آمین افگویموس او آساجی انتقل شوی چوبی هاروی افگویموس او او انتتریاس سوپ بنوتی شاینی نم شاینی تنهایی تیرو آمین God, amen. The prophecy of the first hour of the eve of Wednesday of Holy Blessing, may His blessings be with us all. Amen. Reading from Ezekiel, the prophet, may His holy blessings be with us all. Amen. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, the house of Israel is mixed before me. They are all together mixed. The house is mixed together in the midst of the silver, with bronze, iron, tin, and lead. Therefore, thus says the Lord, because all of you are one mixture, therefore I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As men gathered silver, bronze, iron, tin, and lead into the midst of the furnace to blow fire on it, to cast it like a metal into a mold. Thus I shall gather you in my wrath and bring you together and cast you. I shall blow on you with the fire of my wrath and cast you into her in her midst. As silver is cast into a mold in the midst of the furnace, so shall be you be cast in her midst. Then you shall know the that I, the Lord, have poured out my anger upon you. Glory be to the Holy Trinity, our God, Father, forever and to the age of all ages. Amen. Joyce and Anna and Lilia, and the Brown, and the Viotan, and the Shirin, and the Math, who have not to not any Zuxabetri, Kayogium, the Matikan, and Kessos, or his honor, I mean, the Rixology of the first hour of the eve of Wednesday, fully Vestimates, blessings be with us all, amen, O Lord, make us worthy to pray our Father who art in heaven. Holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, heaven and heaven, give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespasses against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us in evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, the dying, the King, the power, the glory forever. Amen. Monim be a my shiny, I mean, Bashoisi, so the Christos, Bassotir and Amaso, so petty gom, Nimbi, or Nimbis Monim be a my shiny, I mean, so petty gom, Nimbi, or Nimbis Monim be a my shiny, I mean, a man who is the naughty, the noro, so petty gom, Nimbi, or Nimbis Monim be a my. Shine amen Emmanuel benutim Christos pasutir nagas soktatigom nembion embizmonem biam shine amen Yerelai son soktatigom nembion embizmonem biam shine amen Emmanuel benutim benoro soktatigom nembion embizmonem biam shine amen bashoisis os versus Vesutir nagasos, so petty gom, 
Bow down before the Holy Gospel. Glory be to God forever. And الإنسان الملك الذي صنع العرس ودعا المدعوين هو الله الآب وأبناه هو المسيح يسوع المخلصنا والعرس هو العالم الذي ظهر فيه الذي ولدته بالجسد ولدة الإله وصار مع كل الناس كواحد منهم والعبيد الذين أرسلهم هم الأنبياء الذين سبقوه ودعوا الأمم قبل مجيئه قائلين إن الآتي سوف يأتي ولا يبتئ فتكاسلوا ولم يقبلوا أقوالهم ثم مضوا متهونين واحدا إلى حقله وآخر إلى تجارته والباقون أمسكوا عبيده وقتلوهم فغضب الملك وأرسل عسكره وضرب أولئك القتل وأحرق مدينتهم من هم الناس الذين دعوا الوليمة الحقيقة التي لله الكلمة إلا اليهود المخالفون الذين محيت أسماءهم من سفر الحياة فعاد أيضا وأرسل آخرين وأوصاهم هكذا قائلا اخرجوا إلى مسالك الطرق وادعوا كل الذين تجدونهم فلما خرجوا دعوا كسرين صالحين وطالحين فامتلأ العرس من المتكئين فلما دخل الملك لينظر المتكئين رأى هناك إنسانا لم يكن لابسا لباس العرس فقال له يا صاحب كيف دخلت هنا وليس عليك ثياب العرس فللوقت صمت وصار في فضيحة ثم ألقاه الخدام إلى الظلمة الخارجية من هو هذا الإنسان إلا يهوذا الذي تعرل تعر من الحلة السمائية ولبس اللعنة مثل الثوب ودخلت إلى أمعاءه مثل الماء لأنه أنقر نعمة سيده وتجرأ أن يسلم معلمه فذلك صار غريبا من مجد ورئاسة كهنوته المسيح مخلصنا جاء وتألم عنا لكي بألامه يخلصنا فلنمجده ونرفع اسمه لأنه صنع معنا رحمة عظيمة رحمته بخرسوس بن سوتير أفي أفشاب إمقاب إناخ النفا إمقاب إنت بسوتي إمون نار إنتي أوناف كانت شيسي إم بفراب إنافرون عيني من قاطع بفناش تناي إبوكين أموز بيبروفيتي سيربي في اسمه سوار شو بيني منامين إبقو إموز وعيني تير إمبيتي مين إمبيوهو إنت بشوي سواهو إنت ترياس سواب بنوتي شايني نمشايني انتنيني تيرو امين بسم الله والابن الروح القدس الله الواحد امين نبوات الساعة الثالثة من ليلة الاربع من البصر المقدسة بركاته علينا امين من عموس النبي بركاته المقدسة تكون معنا امين Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord What is the day of the Lord to you It will be darkness and not light 
it will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him as though he rushed into the house leaned his hand on the wall and a servant bit him is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light is it not a deep darkness with no brightness in it I hate I reject your feast days I do not sever your sacred assemblies though you offer me burnt offerings and meat offerings I will not accept them I will not regard your fat and peace offerings take away from me the sound of your songs for I will not hear your musical instruments instead let justice run swiftly as does water from the mountain and let righteousness be as a stream that cannot be crossed O house of Israel did you offer me sacrifices and offerings those forty years in the wilderness says the Lord you have carried the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Riphan which you made for yourselves therefore I shall exile you beyond Damascus says the Lord the Almighty God is his name Glory be to the Holy Trinity, our God forever and to the ages of ages. It shows in an
Oh. Uh-huh. 
تأمله يا عبدي الإله إلى تحنن المسيح إلهنا كيف يدعو أصفياءه الصانعين إرادته عبيدا حكماء وأمناء أعني الذين يحفظون وصاياه المتوقعين أجرا صالحا الساهرين المتيقظين لكي ينالوا المواعيد كما قال في الإنجيل أن ذلك العبد مغبوطا أعني الذي يأتي سيده بغته فيجد يفعل هكذا أقول لكم أنه يقيم وكيلا على جميع أعماله فأما ذلك الذي يجد متغافلا فيطرد يوما بيوم فيجيء سيده في ساعة لا يعرفها فيشقه من وسطه ويجعل نصيبه مع المرائين في الظلمة وموضع العذاب فلنتيقظ من غفلتنا وننتظر يوم الرب لنفرح معه في دياره ونفوز مراحمه ورفاته المسيح مخلصنا جاء وتألم عنا لكي بألامه يخلصنا فلنمجده ونرفع اسمه لأنه صنع معنا رحمة كعظيم رحمة بخريستوس بن صوتيه أغيق شبمك فينا خنبمك انت بصوتيه مار انت قوقونا فينا تشيسين بغرا زيافرونا ينيما
the knowledge of the six hour of the evil ones of holy blessed may his blessings be with us all amen the lord make us worthy to pray thank you our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one in Christ Jesus our lord for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen
Kyrion keton se onimun Ekates komen sofe orkiakos omen twagrefa angele فاسخروا 
وعلى حسب خصب أرضه بني الأنصاب قد قصوا قلوبهم والآن سيهلكون وهو يحطم مذابحهم ويخرب أنصابهم مجدا للثالوث القدوس Efsis nan el yakhir fran be yotni mefshirin bedma sowab onotin otamiz sabatrika yuka gibma kanike kasosona soni onun amin tasbihat wa salawat as-sa'at 9 minat al-arba' min al-basr al-muqaddas barakatu alayna amin ja'alna mustaqim naqul bi shukri ya abana alladhi fi as-samawat ولا تدخلنا في تجربة لكن نجينا من الشرير فالمسيح صار ربنا لأن لك الملك القوة المجد للأبد أمين يا ليسون ثوك تتيغوم نمبيون نمبيسمون نمبيامايشان أمين مانوين فنوتي فنور ثوك تتيغوم نمبيون نمبيون نمبيامايشان أمين فاشويسي سوس فارستوس فاسوتير ناغاتوس ثوك تتيغوم نمبيون Shine in me, Shine in Nempio, <laughs> نم <laughs> Shine, <laughs> 
يتقدس اسمك ياتي ملكوتك تكن مشيئتك كما في السماء كذلك على الارض خبزنا كفافنا اعطينا اليوم واغفر لنا ذنوبنا كما نغفر لاخوانا المذنبين الينا ولا تدخلنا في تجربه لكن نجينا من الشرير بالمسيح يسوع ربنا لان لك الملك والقوه والمجد الى الابد امين. Oh 
فاذكر من بشارة الإنجيل لمعلمنا مارمة البشير بركاته على جميعنا أمين الويل لكم أيها الكتب والفرسيون المرؤون لأنكم تبنون قبور الأنبياء وتزينون متافن الصديقين وتقولون لو كنا في أيام أبائنا لما كنا شاركناهم في دم الأنبياء فأنتم تشهدون إذن على أنفسكم أنكم بنوا قتلة الأنبياء فكملوا أنتم مكايل أباءكم أيها الحياة أولاد الأفاعي كيف تهربون من دينون الجهنم من أجل ذلك أنا أرسل إليكم أنبياء وحكماء وكتب فمنهم من تقتلون وتصلبون ومنهم من تجلدون في مجامعكم وتطردونهم من مدينة إلى مدينة ولا لكي يأتي عليكم كل دم بار سفك على الأرض من دم هابيل الصديق إلى دم زكريا ابن برشا الذي قتلتموه بين الهيكل والمسباح الحق أقول لكم أن هذه كلها ستأتي على هذا الجيل والمجد لله دائما إن إبران تتريا إن وموسيو إبيوت نام بشيري إبيوت نام Christ paints a sad picture of conduct in the compartment of the Pharisees. He admonishes them in an unmistakable way for carrying on the same questionable uh, traditions of their predecessors and even surpass them. Their predecessors slew the prophets and saints. Their successors built the tombs of these prophets. They were the snakes born of serpents. They will not escape their deeds. They will be charged with the blood of these saints. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, whom they slew be- between the sanctuary and the altar. All these predestined tribulation will fall on this generation because they all had conspired to kill the Son of God. That is why God scattered them all over the earth. Their enemies don- dominated them, their heritage was given to others, and their dwellings became desolate. Christ our Savior has come and has borne suffering. That through his, through his passion he may save us, let us, let him glor, let us glorify him and exalt him, for he has done us mercy according to his great mercy. <laughs> Sophia, 
من حكمة سليمان النبي بركاته المقدسة تكون معنا أمين إن الحكمة تتحرك في كل متحرك فهي تبلغ وتأتي على الكل من أجل طهارتها فإنها لها بقوة الله وفائد من المجد المقدس الذي لضابط الكل فلذلك لا يقدر أن يقربها شيء دنس لأنها ضياء النور الأزلي ومرآه أعمال الله النقية وصورة صلاح وصورة صلاحه تقدر على كل شيء وهي واحدة وتجدد كل شيء وهي ثابتة في ذاتها وفي كل جيل تحل في النفوس الطاهرة وتجعلهم شركاء الله وتسيرهم أنبياء لأن الله لا يحب أحدا إلا من يساكن الحكمة لأنها أبهى من الشمس وأسمى من كل مركز النجوم وإذا قيصت بالنور تقدمت عليه لأن النور يعقبه الليل وأما الحكمة فلا يقوى عليها الظلام مجدا للثلوث القدوس لهنا أبد أبدين كلها أمين نحن 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 Bas <laughs> 
Forever, Amen. 
Oh, oh. 
that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it that they might seize him, bow down before the Holy Gospel. Glory be to God forever. Oh, uh-huh. 
uh, and the end of time. Then the um, fifth dialogue was when he told them basically to watch and pray. And he does so by two parables. One is the parable of the ten virgins we're all familiar with. And the second was the parable of the wedding feast. Where a man, uh, a king has a feast and he invites everyone. And they're all invited to come. And people begin to give them excuses and so on because they're not watching and they're not ready for the coming. The last uh, dialogue is the dialogue of the judgment day where the Lord warns them of the coming judgment day when He will separate the wheat from the tares, the righteous from the uh, unrighteous. Today we'll focus briefly about the dialogue with the Jews. They had questions and challenges to the Lord and He answered them uh, in a very wise way, but there's something we can learn from uh, this encounter. Uh, and mind you, the inquiries that the Jews were making of Christ were not because they had questions, like real questions, but they wanted to challenge him, and they wanted to catch him a word so they could accuse him. The first question was regarding his authority. So after they saw him enter into Jerusalem as a king, and cleansing the temple, and began to preach in the temple, they asked him, by what authority do you do all these things? By what authority do you enter Jerusalem as a, as a Messiah? By what authority do you cleanse the temple and knock over the money changers? By what authority do you do this? Um, and the Lord answered and said to them, I will also give you one, uh, ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? And then it says that they reasoned among each other and they said what? If we say from heaven, then he will say to us, why then do you not believe? Then on the other hand, if we say that he is, that St. John is from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they did not answer, uh, they did not, so they said, so they answered and said, we do not know where he is from, and Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So once they figured out among themselves that, you know, we can't answer this question, then the Lord said that I'm not going to answer your question. So it seems, from the scenario that the Lord actually didn't answer their question. And He didn't answer it directly. But He answered it indirectly. How so? Um, and notice the position that they put, they put the Lord in. They put the Lord also in a tough position. Because if He says that uh, the authority by which He says these things is because He's a priest, then they will say, well, we have a high priest and He will revoke your priesthood. Right? And if He says that this authority of mine is because uh, I'm saying something new then they will say that he is a blasphemer so either way they will want to catch him in something but the Lord here he asked him a question and then they didn't respond so he didn't respond to them but he brought up to them about John the Baptist and why? because St. John the Baptist was the one who actually witnessed of Christ if you remember when he first saw the Lord Christ he said to his disciples behold the Lamb of God so St. John witnessed that Christ was the Messiah. That's why he asked him about Christ. So he didn't answer directly, but indirectly through the witness of John the Baptist. So what is the weakness here of the Pharisees? We can say that the first weakness was that they rejected his authority. They rejected the authority of Christ. And yes, we're all here and we're all Christian, we're all sitting here in the church, and we all say that God is the ultimate authority. But you know, sometimes we also we reject the authority of God. If there is a particular authority that we revere, then we would abide by the rules that are set by that authority. Right? 
or we can say we are to abide by the commandments of God that He sets before us. Um, so when we accept uh, one's authority, then we abide by His uh, command. I'll ask a question. How would your peers in church or in school or in work um, answer this question? If you ask them this question, or if I ask them this question, is so-and-so, and you can fill in your name, is so-and-so trying to live a true Christian life? How would your co-workers answer this question? How would your peers here in church answer this question? And how would your family members answer this question? If the, if, if the answer is different from all of these, then perhaps we're being like, uh, we have the same weakness as the Pharisee, where we reject the authority of God. Because if He was an absolute authority in our life, then it wouldn't matter where we are. We would fear Him and we would revere Him. And we would abide by His commandments. Right? Um, and also, if we accept and confess His authority, then His commandments are given priority over my will and the, uh, my lawful uh, liberties. What do I mean by this? If I revere His commandments and His authority, then His commandments would supersede my will and even my liberties. What do I mean by my liberties? The things that are lawful, right, would supersede. Um, this is uh, um, this is like uh, when Saint Paul was speaking about. Um, uh, eating food offered to idols. You know, for us Christians, it doesn't matter. Food is food, right? Everything is clean. But then he said, if somebody comes who is offended or is because of his weak faith that you're eating food offered to idols, then it's better for you not to eat. So he says, there's a law of love that supersedes the law of liberty, the law of freedom, right? So he's saying here, if I really revere the commandments of God, then even the liberties that I have I could forego them for the sake of somebody else's salvation, for the sake of submitting to the commandments of God. This was the first question. The second question was regarding the taxes to Caesar. And this question was asked by the Pharisees and the Herodians. So the Pharisees, do you think they agree with paying taxes to Herod and Caesar? No. Because to them, their only king is God. They will pay their tithe to the temple because this is who they consider as their as their guide. The Herodians, however, they actually they they submitted to the government and they accepted paying taxes to the Romans. So you'll find the Pharisees and the Herodians, they're usually at odds against each other about this issue of taxes. So they brought it up to the Lord and they said, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God and truth. So look, they're buttering him up, right? They're begin to praise him. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the uh, person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes or uh, to Caesar or not? So they put him in a place both between the Pharisees and the Herodians. So whatever he answers, one of them will be upset, right? And one of them will reject him and perhaps want to plot to have him uh, killed. But when uh, it came to the Lord... Um, uh, and the irony here is what? Is these Pharisees and the Herodians, they're at odds with one another. But when it came to Christ, they were united together. This why, this you find the same thing happening in this world. You'll find two people who are at odds together, and both of them maybe are going in the wrong direction. 
But when it comes to be against somebody or the church or a Christian, they unite together against that person. Or they unite together against the church. You have many different movements. You have the atheist movement, you know, and you have the all many different movements. Sometimes they're odds with, with, with each other. But when it comes to being against the church, they somehow unite with each other. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Pilate and Herod, right? You'll find on Good Friday, uh, you'll find in the readings about Pilate and Herod, they didn't like each other. And this is mentioned in uh, Luke 23. It says, On that day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. So the enemies united together against Christ. Right? So this should come to no any surprise to us when it happens. Um, so what happened here is that they tried to flatter the Lord before they asked the question. You know, about should we pay taxes or not, right? And we notice here, like, even sometimes this happens with us. You know, people will flatter us and, you know, try to boast our ego before they ask us something. Oh, you're such a this, you're such a good worker, you're such this and this. And then they ask you, so what do you think if I, you know, cheat on my taxes a little bit? Because they want to, you know, ease their conscience. Unless they, they puff you up. And if you care about the relationship, you say, wow, they just praised me. So let me just tell them what they want to hear. So that way, you know, we can keep friends and, you know, I can keep hearing this praise. So they thought that the Lord was like them. They liked to, he liked to hear this praise. But of course, this didn't uh, faze uh, the Lord. How did the Lord respond? He says, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And they said, whose image and inscription is on it? And they said, Caesar's. He said, therefore, render, uh, he said, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. See how he dealt with this with great wisdom. Like, it's like, and we read something like this and we pray every time I read this, that God give me this kind of wisdom when I deal with my brethren in the world. To be able to deal with uh, this kind of wisdom. Um, and this teaches us that the, the Lord is not against the governing authorities. He didn't come to start a movement against the government, right? Nor did the early church. Um, some people accuse St. Paul of being like pro-slavery. Somebody who and he is all for slavery because he didn't clearly condemn it in his letters. But to be honest, any whether slave or free, to the believer it doesn't matter. Because we're free because we're children of Christ. Our external circumstances, they don't matter. But if you ask us, would you rather be for freedom or for slavery? Of course, it's for freedom. Right? Because God created us free. So we would want everybody to be free and enjoy this freedom. Right? But I don't need to start a revolution to preach Christianity. It can be preached from the king to the peasant. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. So the problem here, or the, the weakness of the Pharisees here, um, was that they were led by people's approval and flattery. They were led by people's approval and flattery. And again, this can often happen with us. The third question they asked was from the Sadducees. And this was about the resurrection. And the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection, and the Pharisees believed in the resurrection. So then what do they say? Look at this scenario they posed. They said that some of the Sadducees came, and they said, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. And this was the commandment, or this was kind of the law, just to keep one's lineage. This is what they, you know, did in the Old Testament. 
Now, uh, now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and had no offspring, left his wife and his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. So they pose the question, okay? We don't believe in the resurrection, and the Pharisees say there's a resurrection. So if you have the scenario where there are seven brothers, and each one marries the same wife, and they had no children, and they died. And at the end of the day, whose wife will she be in heaven if they were all, you know, had her? And here, yani, uh, again, it's important to know here the Sadducees, um, they got their law primarily from the five books of Moses, the Torah. This is what they kind of built their belief on. All of the other writings in the Old Testament, they didn't hold as high regard as the Torah. And this is important in Christ's uh, response. So he responded and says, You are mistaken not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given to marriage. They are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was uh, spoken to you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So he answers their question. So the first question is about marriage. He says, you're mistaken. In heaven, there's not going to be marriage, but you're going to be like the angels of God. If you think about it, why do we have marriage here? We have marriage here to propagate, you know, the, the, the species. Ultimately, we have marriage because we die. Right? Nobody lives forever. Because we die. But in heaven, we will not die. So there'll be no need for marriage. Right? And no need for, you know, propagate the species. Because we'll all live in heaven and we will never die. And we'll be united with Him. So there'll be no marriage in heaven. So this is what he's telling them. You'll be like the angels of God. Then when it came to, um, uh, uh, regarding the, 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 um, uh, the, the Pharisees, when they believed in the resurrection, or no, sorry, the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection, he told them, he brought for them a verse from the Old Testament, from the Torah, from the first five books of Moses, and said, okay, it says that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom at the time they were dead, of course. So he said, if God is aligning himself with somebody who is dead, no way. God will only align himself with those who are alive, because he is alive. So he said, therefore, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, although they're not with us, they're still alive, and God said so in the Torah. Although after all of them, the fathers were, the patriarchs were dead. So he said to them, what basically, that God is the God of the living, and not of the dead. And they are alive. So he answered their question, and uh, he fled from their trap. So the third weakness here, was that they did not know the scripture. They didn't know the scripture. And when I say know the scripture, this isn't like uh, knowing the content. But it's knowing the content and the meaning of scripture. If you remember, there was a, a man who came to the Lord and he asked him a lawyer and he says, how can I inherit the kingdom of heaven? And the Lord said, you know the commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, okay, who is my neighbor? So the, the lawyer here knew the commandments. He knew the content of the commandment. But Christ wanted to reveal to him the meaning of the, con- uh, of the law. The meaning of the commandment. So he told them the story of the Good Samaritan. Of course, we all know that story, right? So he told them this. And he asked them first, before he told them the story, he said what? What is written in the law and what is your reading of it? 
So he make him understand there is a difference between your reading of it and what's your knowledge of it. What is your understanding? So it's important for us when we read scripture that we know the content and know the meaning of what we are reading. Right? This is why it's important for us to study the Bible, go to Bible studies, listen to Bible studies, right? listen to sermons. I know some may say, well, this is boring and repetitive and so on, but this is how we understand what the meaning of Scripture is. And if we don't know the meaning, you know, if you look at the Christians today, there are hundreds and thousands of different denominations. But yet we all can use the same Bible, right? How is that? Well, because people can interpret things as they want. So how do we know what the true meaning is? It's the church. The church teaches us has been teaching us from the first century. The fourth um, uh, question was from the scribes. And there, here they asked the question about which is the first commandment. So one of the lawyers, again, who was a scribe, he said to him, what? Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And the lawyers here are not like attorneys, like we have here. The lawyers are the ones who specialize in the law of Moses. Right? So they called them lawyers. So again, their primary focus was the Torah, the first five books uh, of Moses. Um, so what's the trap here? The trap here is that if Christ gives preference over one commandment or another, they'll say, no, you're a false teacher because all the commandments are the same. But then if he says, okay, well, I'm going to give you a different law, then they'll call him a blasphemer. You're not from God. So again, either way he answers, he'll be trapped. Then the Lord said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So he answers. And then he says what? And the second is like it. He says this is the second part of the command. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So he didn't do anything that they said. Right? He didn't choose one commandment over the rest, but he chose the two that all of the commandments are summarized in these two. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So, they weren't able to accuse him. So what was their weakness here? Their weakness was twofold when they asked this question. Number one is that they classified God's commandments. They put God's commandments in categories. And sometimes you and I, we do the same thing. Um, how do we do this? We all say, okay, you know, lying is not as bad as stealing or committing adultery. Um, cheating is not the same as committing murder. Or cursing is not the same as committing a violent act. So we begin to compare sins and say, you know what, I do this, but at least I don't do that big one. So now we're putting our sins in categories. But you know what? The person who commits adultery is guilty, just like the one who curses, right? So the sin is the sin, regardless, right? So sometimes we do the same. And sometimes we do the same by saying, like, at least I don't do such and such as somebody else does, right? We look at ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not as bad as this person. I don't do this much like the people outside do. I might, you know, say something, I might curse, I might swear, I might do these, but I'm not like the people outside, right? So then, again, we're putting the God's commandments in categories. The second problem was that they, they, the, they didn't understand that loving one's neighbor is equally as important as loving God. Loving one's neighbor is equally as important as loving God. What do you mean? So you mean that loving my neighbor is like loving God? Yes. Listen to what St. John says. He says, um, 
If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So St. John is telling us that the Lord told us that we can't love God without loving our brethren. And if I say I love God and I don't love my brother, then I don't love God really. Something's wrong. Something's missing. Or I can't really truly love God as I ought to love Him. And then uh, also, um, with the Lord when He says, uh, love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. This is like the true love. When I can give without wanting anything in return. And I can't love my neighbor like this without loving God. That's why if we learn to love God, we will learn to love our neighbors more. If you find your relationships in your life are broken, ask God, help me learn to love you more so that I can love them as you love them. The last question is, the Lord Christ poses the question to the uh, Pharisees. And he said to them, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? So then he asked the Pharisees, who do you think, who is the son or who is this Christ, this Messiah whom you're waiting for? Whose son is he? And it says what? They answered and said, the son of David. Because this is the messianic lineage. He should be the son of David as prophesied. Then the Lord said to them what? How then does David in the spirit call him Lord? So he's saying here, how is it that David is calling his son Lord? This would never happen. The, the father would never call his son Lord. Right? But he refers to that this happens where it's in the Psalms. He says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And if no one, and no one who, who was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did they dare question him anymore. So they couldn't answer this question. Why could they not answer this question? Because the Lord was pushing them to the logical conclusion that the one who is the son of David is himself the son of God. Because it says, uh, the Lord, um, uh, the, uh, sit at my right hand so I say, make your enemies your footstool. The Lord said to my Lord. So this was the conclusion that Christ wanted to bring them to. But, of course, they didn't answer. Um, so what is their weakness here? is that they didn't want to confess the Lord because of the implications that, that came after it. And sometimes, again, my brethren, we do the same. We don't want to confess our faith because of the implications that come afterwards. We don't want to um, maybe confess our faith because I'm embarrassed, or they're going to look at me different, or they're going to look at me weird, or then they're going to ask me questions that I can't answer, right? So sometimes we are embarrassed uh, and these implications is why we don't witness to the Lord. Um, or we might say, we don't want to get too close to God because of what that means. If I get too close to God, then this will demand me to stop some sin that I enjoy or to stop me from hanging around a certain group of people because they are toxic to me in my life. And I don't want to do this. So I want to keep, you know, I love God and everything, but I want to keep such a, dis a little bit of distance. Because I know if I get close, then the demand will be for me to change my life. And I'm not ready to change my life. So sometimes we do the same. We don't want to confess the Lord because of what 
this implies. My beloved, we find in ourselves, if we find in ourselves many of these, let's not lose heart. Because although this was the case of the Pharisees and they rejected him, in us this isn't the case. We have many saints who experienced the same kind of questions and weaknesses as the Pharisees and God saw them out. For example, Saint Arianus, the governor of Encina, this man rejected God's authority and martyred many, many thousands and thousands of martyrs in, in Egypt. And one day this man, he was harmed and he took the blood of the martyrs, anointed his eyes and he believed in Christ and he himself became a martyr. So we see even the person who rejects Christ or even rejects his authority can one day turn. God can soften his heart. We see somebody like St. John uh, and St. James the Apostles. Um, they were led by the approval of people. They asked the Lord one time, do us a favor. Let me and my brother sit one at your right hand and sit one at your left hand. So they liked the preeminence. They liked people to look at them in this honor. Right? But these are the disciples. But yet God saw them through. And they were ended up becoming apostles and witnesses and martyrs as well. And also we see St. Peter and even some of the early church. They, they didn't understand the scriptures. They knew the scriptures, but they didn't understand it. They said, yes, we have the circumcision. And we, you know, everybody should become circumcised before they're Christian. And they said, no, that's not the case. You can be Christian without having been circumcised. To the point where St. Peter, although he preached to, you know, uh, to the Gentiles, but it came to a point one time where he was be with the Gentiles when they were there. But then when the Jews came and were among the Gentiles, he separated himself from the Gentiles. It's a weakness, right? But this is St. Peter. The one who is crucified upside down. God saw him through it. So if we have any of these weaknesses, we shouldn't lose heart. Right? But we pray and we ask God to see us through. Just as you did with these righteous um, people who were enlightened by the work of the Holy Spirit. May God be glorified forever and ever. Amen. We ask and entreat you, O Christ our God, the Father, upon the cross, the Holy Begotten Son, who created and ordered all things, and the Holy Trinity, the giver of life, the Holy Trinity, before whom every knee bows in heaven on earth. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For the heavenly peace and unity of all churches in the world, monasteries, and for those dwelling in and caring for all your holy places. O God, have compassion on your creation, delivered from all evil. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who by your power planned the life of man before his creation and created all that exists by your wisdom and adorned the heavens with stars and the earth with plants, trees and vineyards and the valleys with meadows and flowers. O our King, accept now the supplication of your servants who place themselves in your hands and say, We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O great and holy God who created man in his image and likeness and gave him a living and reasoning soul, have mercy, O Lord, on your creation which you have made. Show us compassion and send down upon us your mercy from the height of your holiness 
and your prepared dwelling, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who saved your servant Noah the righteous and delivered him from the flood and his sons and their wives and also the clean and unclean animals, for the sake of the earth's renewal, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Maker and Provider of all, deliver your people from the flood of the sea of this passing world, and protect them and all their animals from harm, and provide for the needs of the birds, for you give to all birds, animals, and ravens their sustenance, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who were received as a guest by your servant Abraham the patriarch and ate at his table and blessed his seed. O our king, accept now the supplications of your servants and priests who place themselves in your hands. Have compassion on the world and save your people from every hardship. Abide in them and accompany them, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We ask you, O Lord, to guard us from all evil, to have compassion on your creation and all your people, for the eyes of everyone wait upon you, for you give them their food in due season. O sustainer of all flesh, the help of the helpless and the hope of the hopeless, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who look to the humble with watchful eyes of protection, who saved Joseph from his master's wife, set him as a ruler over Egypt, and spared him in the day of hardship, so that his brothers and father Jacob came and knelt before him, and took from him wheat for the sustenance of their children and animals, we also bow our heads and knees before you, our Creator and Provider, and we thank you for everything concerning everything and in everything. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, Logos of the Father, who works in the law, the prophets, and the Old Testament, and fulfills them, save your people from every hardship, man, and their lives according to your good will and spare them from famines and calamities, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you supported the people of Israel forty years in the desert of Sinai, though they had no houses or storehouses, O my Lord, keep now your people and bless their houses and storehouses with your heavenly blessings, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who accepted the prayer of Elijah the Tishbite when the sky, when the sky rained and the earth produced vegetations and blessed the barrel of wheat and the vessel of oil in the widow's house, accept the prayers of your people. Through the intercessions of your holy saints and prophets, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, have compassion on the world with kind and merciful eyes. Bless their crops and storehouses and the little they may have. Raise the waters of the river according to their measure. Grant moderation to the winds. Bless the Nile of Egypt this year and every year. Give joy to the face of the earth and to us men. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you who accepted the repentance of the Ninevites when they fasted together and received the confession of the right hand thief upon the cross, 
make us also worthy of the pleasing you and receiving your compassion, crying out and saying, Remember us, O Lord, when you come into your kingdom and receive from your servants their repentance, their confessions, their fasting, their offerings which are offered upon your holy altar as an acceptable instance, and have mercy on them, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you, the mighty provider, chastiser, healer, and physician of our souls and bodies, who tested his servant Job and healed him from his calamities, and recompensed him for his losses with more than what he had, have mercy on your people and save them from calamities, tribulations, trials, and hardships, O upholder of those who trust in you. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Christ, our God, Logos of the Father, who sanctified his pure disciples, washed their feet, and made them leaders of the believers and the light for the faith, who by them satisfied hungry souls, and taught them to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O worker of wonders and miracles, who fed the thousands with five loaves, raised the dead, and blessed the wedding in Cain of Galilee. O Lord, bless now the bread, oil, plants, beehives, trees. Products and all works of your servants, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, save your people and surround them on every side by the sign of your life-giving cross. Raise the state of Christians in all the world and fill the hearts of their rulers with kindness towards them. Soften their hearts towards our poor and needy brethren and keep every evil thing far from them. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O you entrusted us with your holy covenant, your body and blood, present with us every day upon the altar through the descending of your Holy Spirit on the bread and wine, and commanded us, saying this to in remembrance of me. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Christ, our God, have mercy on your people and the successor of your apostles. Bless the fruit of the earth and give gladness to the heart of man. Through the abundance of fruit and blessings, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O begotten of the Father, who was incarnate of the Blessed Virgin, St. Mary, in the fullness of time, who said to his saintly disciples, Go and make disciples of all the nations, and baptize them, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Be also with your people who cry out and say to you, We ask you, O Lord, hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O forgiver of sins and giver of all things, forgive the sins of your people, purify them from every blemish and cleanse them from every deceit, and keep them from bearing false witness and from all envy and slander, and approve from their hearts. Every evil thought, murmurings, doubts, and hardness of heart arising from pride, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You are the rampart of our salvation, O Mother of God, the invincible fortress being, 
bring to naught the counsel of the adversaries, turn the mourning of your servants into joy, defend our cities, fight for the Orthodox kings and leaders, and intercede for the peace of the world and the churches. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God of mercy and compassion, Lord of all comfort, do not be angry with us, nor rebuke us for our wicked deeds, nor for our many sins. Do not be wrathful with us, nor let your wrath endure forever. Hear us, O God of Jacob, and look on us. O God, our helper, spare the world from death, scarcity, plague, devastation, the sword of enemies, earthquakes, horror, and all fearsome events. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For the sake of our protection under your high and mighty hand, O God, we ask you to keep for us the life of our honored Father and Patriarch Pope Abba Tuadros II, and as part of the apostolic liturgy, our Father, the Bishop Abba Yusuf, and to confirm them on their sea thrones for many years and quiet and peaceful times, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Christ our God, we ask of your graciousness and your great mercy to keep for us the life of our fathers, the metropolitans, bishops, and all the leaders of the flock. Confirm the sheep of your flock. Grant protection to the priests, purity to the deacons, strength to the elders, understanding to the young, chastity to the virgins, asceticism to the monks, purity to the married, and protection for women. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Again, we ask for the safe return of travelers, support for widows and orphans, abundance for the poor and those who are in debt, pay their debts and forgive them. And those who are in prisons and distress, give them relief. Heal the sick and repose the departed. We ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God of our holy fathers, do not forsake those whom you have created with your holy hands. You who manifested your love for mankind, O merciful one, accept from your mother an intercession on our behalf. And save us, O Savior, a humble people. Do not leave us to the end, nor forsake us forever. For the sake of your holy name, do not break your covenants, nor take away from us your mercy. For the sake of Abraham, your beloved Isaac, your servant, and Jacob, your saint, we ask you, O Lord, to hear us and have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Yeah. 